Hi, everybody. This is Elbert Hardy. Thank you for tuning in to Bible Prophecy Radio for today. Thank you for listening and being interested in what the Bible has to say about your and my future, the future of all mankind. Did you know that the Gospels, that is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mention Jesus using the word kingdom 107 times? But the word sin is only in there 15 times? <laughs> wow, it's interesting. So we're going to explore heaven again today in this second of a third three-part series, at least. And I want to cover some things you may not, not have run across before. For example, well, let's just go through some of Jesus' own words. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this was actually John the Baptist in Matthew 3, verse 2. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is now Jesus. Matthew 4, uh, 4, verse 17. And he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew 4, 23. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5. Now that's the Beatitudes area, 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. At least, or the least in the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 5, 19, shall be called great in the kingdom. Let's just turn to Matthew 5 and read this out of there. And I want to take you after that to Daniel chapter 7 and 8. But Matthew 5, here we go. Matthew 5. Here's what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now this is verse 3. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to try to get a glimpse of what the kingdom of heaven means. It, it, does it mean we're going to go to heaven when we die? Is that what it's really about? Or is it about a kingdom from heaven? The word of isn't in the original Greek. There is a transitory verb there, I believe, and it, it could mean from, or maybe it's uh, something else. Anyway, verse 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit heaven. No, the earth. That's what it says. Gives references of Psalms 37.11, in Isaiah twenty nine nineteen. That's interesting. Why don't we just go there for a second? Hold your place in Matthew five five, and we'll go to Psalm thirty seven eleven. Psalm thirty seven and verse eleven says this. But the meek shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And then in verse 29, the righteousness shall, or the righteous, I'm sorry, shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. 
huh, you mean we're really not going to float around in clouds forever or be in a giant uh, church service that never ends? Nope. We're going to inherit the land and dwell therein forever. Verse 34 says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. And then in Isaiah 29:19, I think it was, we find this. Isaiah 29, 19. I don't really know why they call it the Old Testament. It's all the same book. 29.19 Isaiah says this. The meek shall also increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Wow. Yes, indeed. Now, let's go to Daniel chapter 7. I want to draw your attention to a couple of verses here. Verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, that would be Jesus, came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given unto him dominion. What's dominion? Well, it's rulership, it's authority, it's power, and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. This is a permanent uh, state of affairs with Jesus at the helm. He's ruling the earth, all the nations, all people. Wow. Then in 18, um, this is Daniel 7, verse 18, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Wow. Then up in 22, he says this. Well, in 21, I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints. Doesn't sound much like we're being raptured away to avoid a catastrophe or, or getting hurt, and prevailed against them. Okay, well, that means the saints are going to suffer persecution. That's you and me if you're a believer in Jesus. We just can't help it. Why do we teach about Jesus? Because we just can't help it. Verse 22, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Wow. Verse 23, Thus he, thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be di different from all kingdoms, 
and shall devour the whole earth and tread it down and break it in pieces. I wrote in my margin right here, Jeremiah 50, 23. I want to read that to you and just show you something. What is this beast that would destroy the earth? Jeremiah 50, 23 says this. How the hammer of the whole earth is cut asunder and broken. How Babylon has become a desolation among the nations. What is this hammer of the whole earth? In Jeremiah 51 and verse 20, we find, um, You are my battle axe and weapons of war. For with you will I break in pieces the nations. This hammer is one that beats stuff up. Hmm. wonder who does most of that on the earth today. Would you believe Islam? I would. And with you will I destroy kingdoms. With you I will break in pieces the horse and his rider. With you I will break in pieces the chariot and his rider. With you I will also break in pieces a man and a woman. And with you I will break in pieces the old and the young. And with you I will break in pieces the young man and the maiden. I will also break in pieces with you the shepherd and his flock. With you I will break in pieces the husbandman and his yoke of oxen. And with you I will break in pieces captains and rulers. I will render unto Babylon and to the inhabitants of Chaldea all their evil that they have done in Zion in your sight, says the Lord. The hammer of the whole earth will be broken. And that hammer, I fully believe, is none other than Islam. So let's go back and uh, go to verse 18 again. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then in verse 25, he says this, And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. That sure doesn't sound like we're raptured away from trouble. And he shall think to change the seasons or the times and the laws, and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. That corresponds with Revelation twelve seventeen, and we believe it's three and a half years. But the court shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion, that is, the dominion of the beast, the hammer of the whole earth to consume and to destroy it to the end and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high that's you and I whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey them that is Jesus and his saints wow all kingdoms become Christ's. 
Let's go to Revelation 11:15. See what that says. Revelation 11 and verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Wow. Time after time, we find this talk about dominion and authority and rulership and honor and power. Wow. Then in uh, chapter 12, starting in verse 10, we read this. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren, that's Satan, is cast down, which accused them before God day and night, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto the death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows he has but a short time. And the dragon saw that he was cast to the earth. He persecuted, or when when he saw that he was uh, cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman, that is, Israel, Israel, which brought forth the man-child. That would be Jesus. He is a Jew. And the woman, that is Israel, To the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time, three and a half years. So Israel, and in in my view, it's probably going to be in Petra, which is in Jordan. And they have uh, kind of an, an under rock kind of a uh, city there. And the Jews have stocked it with food and clothing and shelter and, and such in preparation for this time, times and half a time, from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away. Now this could be water or a flood. But it does say water to be carried away with the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, Israel, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Who's the remnant? Well, I believe that's the church which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's also a reference to Daniel 7:25, which we just read. Now, in Luke 21, 12 through 19, 
I'm just going to put the uh, icing on the cake here. Luke 21. And let's see. Well, we'll start right here in 19. In your patience, you shall win your life. Wow. We shall, when you shall see Jerusalem, this is in verse 20, chapter 21 of Luke. When you shall see armies compassed about Jerusalem, then you shall know that the desolation thereof is near. So let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Hmm. Petra? And let them which are in your midst depart out and let them which um, let not them that are therein or in the countries gather into it. So in other words don't go into Israel during this time of trouble for these be the days of vengeance that all things might be written or which are written may be fulfilled and woe be to them that are with child pregnant and to them which give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, that is, upon the Israelites. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. The times of the Gentiles, well... Anybody that's a non-Jew is a Gentile. Hmm. The Palestinians, maybe? That's possible. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth great distress, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Matthew twenty four twenty nine. anybody? And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption is drawing near. So see, to me, this pretty clearly nails down the fact that the uh, saints of the Most High, the believers, the church, the real true church that cannot be shaken, uh, is going to endure some tough times. They're going to be right in the middle of all this distress. But they will be looking up for God, and they will find him, and he will carry us up to himself, where he will give us instructions, and then we will come back down to the earth to fix things. Now, will Jesus actually destroy armies, kill people? Yep, I fully believe he will. So... He will be the boss 
He will be the King of Kings. Verse 15 of chapter 11 of uh, Revelation says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and were and are yet to come. And by the way, the ASV, the American Standard Version, omits and are to come. Because you have taken to yourself your great power and have reigned, and the nations were angry, and your wrath has come. Now that wrath means he's going to put those armies down, and that means destroy them. And the time of the nations, or the Gentiles, that they should be judged, and that you should give reward unto your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, that's you and me, and them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. Who's the hammer of the whole earth? In my view, it's Islam. <clears throat> and the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of the testimony, or the ark of his testament or covenant, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Then down in uh, chapter 12 of Revelation, in verse 10, we read this. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And we read this before. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and them that dwell therein. And uh, then let's go to verse 14 of chapter 17. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And um, they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. That's you and me, hopefully. And he said unto me, The waters which you saw where the horse sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So it could also refer these waters to an army. And uh, let's see, the ten horns which you saw upon the beast, these shall hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Daniel eleven forty through 45 says much the same thing. For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his will, to agree and to give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. 
Then in 18, verse 1, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power and authority, and the earth was lightened by his glory. And he cried mightily, and with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk the wine of her of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and all the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of their delicacies. That sounds like the wealthy Middle East peoples who bask in their gold. They even have gold Mercedes Benzes that are covered with diamonds. Can you imagine why? You know why? The abundance of her delicacies and the power of their wanton ways. But I heard another voice in heaven, or from heaven, saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Verse 7 says, How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, waxed wanton, in the A.V., uh, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she says in her heart, I sit as a queen, and I am no widow, and I will never see sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. She shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Then in 19... Um, verse 3. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever, even forever and ever. That is, her shame never dies. Jeremiah twenty-three forty. That's what never dies. It's not that they're going to live forever and be suffering in hell. No, we covered that some weeks ago. Verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife, that's us, the church, and Israel has made herself ready. And to her was given that she should be arrayed in fine linen, bright and clean and pure white. For the fine linen is the righteousness or the righteous acts of the saints. And right Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he says, See that you do not do that, for I am only a servant, a fellow servant of yours, and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that's the end of verse 10. But folks, the reality is we're not going to go to heaven. None of this talks about that. And we've seen many, many scriptures today. But you can read the 538, I believe it is, places where the word heaven is used. 
and you won't find one of them that says you're going to heaven when you die or anything of the kind or grandma's in heaven or mom or dad are in heaven or Uncle Joe or Aunt Sally or whatever. No. Instead, we find that David, a, a king after God's own heart, his sepulcher is with us to this day. He is not conscious at this moment, but he will be. There is coming a resurrection. It'll be like going to sleep at night, and the next thing you know, you're awake in the morning. After a good night's sleep, you feel wonderful, you feel refreshed. We'll all be there with Jesus and do whatever he wants done. Doesn't that excite you? I mean, to me, that is the, the ultimate in excitement is to meet Jesus face to face and want to be part of his government. That's what life truly is about. Jesus said that all men press into the kingdom of heaven. I invite you to go to my website, itellwhy.com. You can read my eight books there. There's a couple of them on heaven. Uh, one is called, What in Heaven is God Up To? And the other one is, Why No One Goes to Heaven. It's not as you think. Now, why are all the stars out there? Well, Isaiah 51 verse 16 says that I have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I might plant the heavens and say to Zion, you are mine. He's going to make up his jewels and we will be there forever with him. Till next time, this is Albert Hardy. Thanks for listening. See you next time.